This week, the Democratic Convention. Next week, Republicans. Representatives touting their candidates, hoping to excite the masses. It won't be conventional. COVID-19 saw to that. Either way, I won't be tuning in. But then again, will anyone? Instead of canceling their conventions this week and next, the Democratic and Republican parties decided to make do. Online streaming, pre-recorded videos, and limited in-person interactions certainly make things unique. But here's the question, does anyone care? Long before COVID even hit, I decided to stop watching CNN or Fox News. It just wasn't good for my soul either way. And as I speak to more people, no one really cares, it seems, about these conventions. They care about politics, of course, but these conventions are really just events. Let's wait until the debates. I'm reminded of Paul the Apostle. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian disputes. Our hope is not in voting. It's in Jesus, whose kingdom is never in jeopardy. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, where we get to share together the great story every day that's all about Jesus. And this is a program in a series this week called Soul Care. There's a lot of talk about soul care today. I looked it up on Google, and here's what I found. It means finding peace, living your life from a place of overflow, giving yourself space to be you, following seven principles for a better you. Notice anything? You, you, yes, and you. Soul care in our world today is all about you, looking inward to find strength and stability and maybe even a bit of hope. But if the recent months have shown us anything, it's that the human heart is desperately sick. Suicide and depression have only increased. We need to turn our eyes to the good physician, Jesus Christ. True soul care is looking outward and entrusting your life to the one who can truly heal you. In a minute, we're going to meet a poor woman who spent her life savings looking inward and to other people for help. It wasn't until she met Jesus that she understood what it meant to look outward and depend on his unfailing love. But before that, we're going to hear about Charles Spurgeon a little more and different ways we all suffer. And Charles Spurgeon talks about this in his own life, that he underwent this kind of spiritual depression where all he could see was his own sin. He could perhaps see grace for other people, but not for himself. Once again, that's Pastor Zach Eswine on the program, and he'll be back in a little bit to remind us that not all depression is the same. I was surprised the first time I heard that Charles Spurgeon, that prince of preachers, suffered from depression, deep sorrow, but he found daily hope, looking always to Christ. And I think you'll find the same hope when you read Zach Eswine's book called Spurgeon's Sorrow, Realistic Hope for Those Who Suffer from Depression. After the program, I want to send you a copy of Spurgeon's Sorrows for your gift to Haven Today. You just need to call 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or go online and download the first chapter from the book. Read it. And then make your gift at haventoday.org. And we'll get the book out to you in its entirety. That's haventoday.org. And now taking a passage from scripture and weaving it into a song. Here's Casting Crowns. I still remember when I heard you call me by name. 
I'd follow you anywhere Knew I could trust you in anything But now sorrow beats down on me Waiting for you to come through I'm all alone with my questions I'm dry and cracked open I thirst for you And as I fall apart Come flood this desert heart Fall like the rain Living water And I know your way is best Lord help me find my rest And I'll be the clay In the hands of the potter Spinning, my life seems so out of control. Nails scarred hands tell the story of love that will never let go of me. Through the sunshine or rain, I know where my hope is found. What you started in me, I know you will complete from the And as I fall apart, come flood this desert heart. Fall like the rain, living water. And I know your way is best. Lord, help me From their album called Only Jesus, casting crowns here on Haven Today and in the hands of the potter. And I'm Charles Morris. Another day, soul care. That's our series. But it might not mean what you think. There's a lot of talk about soul care today. 
We talked about a Google search and what it means, and it can be seven principles for a better you or giving yourself space to be you. And remember what I said? Everything you can find if you Google it is you, you, you. Soul care in our world today, all about you. But what can you do to make yourself happier, maybe a better person? What's getting in your way? Soul Care Today is all about turning in on yourself, making sure that you are your first priority. And to put it bluntly, it's just plain selfishness. And that's not what I mean when I'm talking about soul care. When I say this term, I mean entrusting yourself to the good physician, Jesus. So many of us, too many of us are suffering Too many are broken and hurting, and it's only gotten worse over the past few months. Our souls need help. We've had Dr. Zach Heswine with us for the past couple of weeks, helping us to think about our souls and how we should respond when we're facing deep struggles. Depression is a four-letter word in some Christian circles, but I don't think it should be. Depression, anxiety, anger, Those are real human experiences, but not all depression and sorrow are the same. Pastor Zach Heswine, you mentioned the different kinds of depression for us. Could you help us understand what that means? Yeah. So if you think about, say, biological depression, as Spurgeon pointed out, that's that's a, a, a melancholy, a sadness that's just in our DNA. It's something about uh, just about our makeup that that has that uh, bent to it. And then, like we've talked about, there's the circumstances that we face in life and God's providence that are frowning providences, painful providences, and, and they can be a source of depression in our life. But Spurgeon pointed out that there's a, a third uh, spiritual depression. The spiritual depression has to do with our relationship with God, our conscience. Mm. And sometimes we believe that God is against us, when he's not. So, for example, the famous story of Pastor John Newton, the, the writer of the, that famed hymn, Amazing Grace, and, and his care for the famed poet, William Cooper, who wrestled with depression all his life. Mm-hmm. But part mm-hmm. of William Cooper's depression was that he could, he could believe that God's grace was for other people, no matter what they had done, but he couldn't believe it for himself. And mm. Charles Spurgeon talks about this in his own life that he underwent this kind of spiritual depression where all he could see was his own sin. He could perhaps see grace for other people, but not for himself. And so spiritual depression is being flooded with condemnation and guilt. It's the attack of our enemy. It's as if we are aware of our sin, but there's no remedy. Hmm. And so we feel the full weight of torment and condemnation, but there's no remedy in Christ. So it would be like... uh, the Apostle Paul, when he talks about the what is it, the thorn in his flesh, and he says it was like a messenger from Satan. So it would be like experiencing a messenger from Satan, which would be something like, it wouldn't be Paul, remember, you're bought by the blood of Christ. You know, Paul, you're mm-hmm. a son of the king. It wouldn't be messages mm-hmm. like that. It would be messages more condemning, accusatory. You call yourself mm-hmm. a Christian, Paul. Look at your past. Look at what you've done. Look at all your sin. Look at the critics that you have. Look at the people who prefer Apollos over you. You're abandoned by God. It would be messages like that. And so a spiritual depression 
is experiencing either conviction for our own sin or condemnation for us being a sinner, but feeling there's no Mm -hmm. remedy for us. And he says Mm -hmm. that kind of depression is the worst of all miseries. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, there is a kind of issue of conscience that causes a spiritual depression that is legitimate. That is, we are choosing sin in some way, and that sin is doing us harm. And instead of letting go of that sin and holding on to the, the, the better, greater, deeper love of Christ, Instead of that, we're holding on to this false love, this temporary love. Mm. And, yeah. uh, and that will create a depression in us that's spiritual. The remedy for that is the gospel. And so if I'm holding mm-hmm. on to a, mm-hmm. a temporary, false, illusory, uh, disordered love, and I need to let go of that and hold on to the true, better, deeper, wider, higher love of Christ, as soon as I repent in that way, let go of the one love and hold on to the other, mm. then there's great you know, peace and relief. And that spiritual depression will subside. Zach Heswine reminding us that not all sorrow is the same. You're listening to A Haven Today called Soul Care. And this is one reason we just can't treat all people the same way when they share with us their struggles. It's not as easy as just quoting a Bible verse or telling them it'll be all right. I've had to find that out the hard way. Instead of letting the good physician do his work, we're too quick to try our own remedies. It reminds me of a story in Mark's Gospel. A woman who was poor. She was desperately sick. She was wasting away. And she finally met the Lord. Let me share this with us now from God's holy word. A large crowd followed and pressed around Jesus, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she only grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Well, she did, and immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Now, I hope you listen to this touching story out of Mark 5. Jesus saying, go in peace. Be freed from your suffering. News we all need to hear and we all need today. I don't know exactly how you might be suffering, but I know you need to hear these words from the Savior. So do I. Go in peace. It's a hard thing to come by, wouldn't you say, right now? This world we're living in is on fire. Forest fires in California, revolutions around the globe. 
wars, death, destruction, and, of course, disease, where can we find peace? Well, I can promise you this. It'll never be found if you're only looking inward. So many self-help guides recommend meditation every morning. Find strength inside yourself. Commit to taking on the challenges that you face. Sounds good, maybe, but it just plain doesn't work. We're so fickle. Some days I feel strong, able to take on any challenge that comes my way and do it for the glory of the Lord, I'm thinking. Other days I just feel weak, looking inward on those days would just make it worse. Well, that woman in Mark 5 that we just read about, she had spent over 12 years looking inward, looking to others to find strength for herself. She was wasting away. She was suffering greatly. She was all alone. But then she saw Jesus, and then she found help. Where can we find peace? We find true peace in the good physician. The one who said, my peace, I give to you. We don't find it looking inward. We find it by looking outward, but outward to the Lord who loves us. What is it that you're suffering under today? What is it that has only gotten worse as you've tried over and over again to be healed? Turn to the Lord. He'll give you peace. That doesn't mean he promises it'll all go away right away, but he promises to give you peace amidst your struggle. That woman in Mark 5 had spent all her money, everything she had, trying to get well. Turning to Jesus didn't make her rich, but it gave her a peace. And that freed her from her suffering. And there's one word in this story from Mark 5 that sometimes is overlooked. It's one word that makes all the difference. Jesus called her daughter. So he called her daughter, and imagine this scene, a poor, desperately sick woman doing whatever she could to get better, but only getting worse, looked down on and left all alone in her community because she was unclean. No one loved her. No one cared about her. Doctors were willing to take her money, but they weren't willing to care for her soul. Enter Jesus, the good physician. All she had to do was touch his robe, and she was healed. She thought he might be angry, but instead, out of love, he called her daughter. Incredible. At the very moment, she thought Jesus would be just like all the rest, ignoring her, maybe even belittling her as he went on to more important things, more important people. Jesus let her know that she was a member of his family. Daughter. Well, I think you and I need to hear this, too. The Lord of life calls us son or daughter. Even if we're all alone in this world, if we have faith in him, we're part of his family. So listen to the words of Jesus once again. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Be freed of your suffering. Now these are words of hope and words of life and words that we need today more than ever. No mountain. No valley, no gain or loss we know Could keep us from your love No sickness, no secret No chain is strong enough to keep 
one way by which we may be healed, and that is through the hands of Jesus. Christy Knuckles from Into the Glorious Healing is in your hands here on this haven today, soul care. Whether you think you're strong or you're daily reminded of your weakness, we all need to find peace and love, and we're only going to find that in the arms of our Savior. I'm thankful we could have Pastor Zach Heswine on the program again with us today. 
He's done such a wonderful job offering hope for those who struggle with hard things like depression and loneliness and and even suicide, as well as anxiety. You might have been surprised, like I was, to learn that even the well-known English pastor from the late 19th century, Charles Spurgeon, suffered from depression. We all know someone who struggles. Maybe even we struggle. That's why I want you to have a copy of Zach's book called Spurgeon's Sorrows, Realistic Hope for Those Who Suffer from Depression. This book is an honest look at depression and sorrow, but it doesn't stop there. It points us to the great physician, Jesus Christ. It helps us find our hope and our peace in his love. You just need to call us right now and make your gift for the ministry, but ask for your copy of Spurgeon's Sorrows. Our number to call is 800 6 And if you've got a chance, come to our website. We've put up the first chapter of the book. You can read it even before your copy of the book arrives, and you can make your gift as well when you visit us at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And don't forget, it's still not too late to get a copy of the feature film, I still believe it's a movie. We have it on DVD telling the story of Jeremy Camp, just as his career was getting off the ground, how he and his first wife faced her cancer diagnosis by turning to the Lord. This movie will help you find hope here in a hot August of 2020. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Can I count on you to come back again tomorrow? And again, we'll talk about soul care. But we'll do that together in light of the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. A pixelated image of a butterfly or a number is all it takes to find out if you're colorblind. And if you are, you won't see the image that's there in front of you. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being colorblind. Many people are, but all of us are spiritually colorblind. Like the story at the end of Luke 24 when the risen Jesus is walking on the road with two of his followers, but they couldn't see him for who he was. In a sense, they were spiritually colorblind. They saw, but they didn't see. Until, as the scripture reads, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. How are your spiritual eyes today? Ask God to give you an even greater vision to see Jesus clearly. Get your Anchor devotional in print monthly at getanchor.com.